Failure, it's a necessary part of leadership. So why are we so shy about talking about it? Welcome to On My Walk, the reading podcast that helps you capture reading's aha moments and apply them to your life and leadership. You know, I have three libraries, a library here in Lancaster, a library at home, and a library at a family lake house in Arkansas. I also have 20 boxes of books that currently have no shelf on which to sit because all my libraries have no available real estate. Now, needless to say, I have a lot of books. Reading, it's an essential part of my life. But when I searched my shelves for the one book I thought I had on the subject of failure, I discovered I didn't have it. Apparently, I thought about buying it, but didn't. All the more to my point, we don't talk a lot about failure. Now, I have books on success and leadership and education and history and biography. I have literature and popular novels and a host of commentaries and theological tomes, but no books on failure. Perhaps that's why the words from Todd Bolsinger that I'll share with you in just a moment so resonated with me. But first, let's think a little more about failure. We all know that Abraham Lincoln was a spectacular failure, until he wasn't. And the same could be said for Thomas Edison, the same for Babe Ruth and Reggie Jackson, two of the greatest home run hitters who ever lived. You know, between them, they have 1,277 home runs. But they both also struck out with inglorious success. Are you ready for this? Between them, Babe Ruth and Reggie Jackson have almost 4,000 strikeouts. But enough of them. How about me? How about you? I have failed over and over and over again. In fact, today is commencement at Lancaster Bible College Capital Seminary and Graduate School. We're celebrating some 450 graduates, and I would have failed again had I not put my opening remarks before two trusted colleagues who helped me wisely pull a few lines from my speech. I thought they were pretty good. They said, not so much. Failure. Ah, failure, my unwelcome friend. Why do I avoid you so? Well, I think it's because failure involves frustration and embarrassment, and shame, and feelings of self-loathing. And failure can lead to depression if we don't know how to step out of it. So what do we do with failure? Well, in his chapter, Competence and Credibility, Todd Bolsinger takes a few paragraphs to talk about the important part failure plays in our lives. Let's listen. Any endeavor beyond the status quo is fraught with the possibilities of failure. Any new venture into the uncharted territory will undoubtedly result in lots of trial and error, mistakes and missteps along the way. When I was beginning my work establishing the Division of Vocation and Formation at Fuller Seminary, one of my new mentors said to me, Todd, I believe that our plan A is never God's plan A. And we only get to God's plan A when our plans A, B, and C fail. So you need to fail as soon as you can so we can learn as quickly as possible. 
Now, to be sure, this man was not advocating for sloppy work or shoddy planning. He is himself an extremely capable, successful man. His business spans the globe and his philanthropy is wide-reaching. He loves Jesus and wants to see the church flourish for the sake of the kingdom of God, but he wanted me to know that failure is a necessary part of learning and therefore a necessary part of leading. And if we want to make sure that we learn the lessons from our experimentations and innovation, then we need to fail with as much credibility and competence as possible. We need to make sure that when our attempts at innovation go awry, it's because we have something to learn and not because we mishandled an otherwise good idea. Or, in the indelicate words of our unofficial team motto, we can fail, but we can't suck. Failure is a necessary part of learning and therefore a necessary part of leading. And that was my aha moment. So, if failure is a necessary part of learning and therefore a necessary part of leading, I'm asking myself, what effort, grand or small, am I shying away from for fear that it may not work? Or what big idea am I unwilling to try because it may go up in flames? Or what bold assertion am I refusing to put forth for fear that I may be proved wrong? Or what confrontation am I unwilling to have for fear that I may fail at a relationship? Now, I could stop there and I could say, failure is a necessary part of learning and therefore a necessary part of leading. So get out there and go big or go home. I could do that, but I would be doing you a great disservice because as much as I appreciate Bolsinger's words, I think he leaves out a very important reason a Christian leader has for not fearing failure. It's theological, and it's incredibly practical, and it's absolutely necessary for every leader. So listen to this. You see, the Christian life, it's predicated on failure. It's predicated on the idea that we've blown it and God has taken care of it. The essence of the gospel message is that God has done something for us that we cannot do for ourselves. You say, what's that? Well, that something is Jesus coming to the world as the perfect God-man and giving his life as a ransom for imperfect me. Not because I'm so good, but because I failed so miserably. You know, the Apostle Paul speaks to this, and, and my understanding of what Paul says and your understanding of what Paul says, I think, is critical to what Bolsinger says. Paul writes, what should we say to this? If God is for us in our failure, who can be against us? And then Paul rattles off all the possible enemies we could have and says, none of these, and I would add including failure, can separate us from God's love. And that means, and this is really important. When I put my head down on my pillow at night, what makes me okay is ultimately not how I performed as a leader. Though I certainly want to perform well, and if I don't, I'm going to get fired. But what makes me okay is not what I have done, but what God has done on my behalf through Jesus 
at the cross and understanding that and embracing that and leaning into that, that it is his work on my behalf. When I had nothing to offer him, that forms the most essential foundation upon which my leadership rests. And because I know that God is for me in success and failure, then I can and I should pursue great heights. I don't need to worry about making a mistake. Now, now hear me. I'm not, I'm not embracing shoddy work or inactivity or laziness. Those things always lead to failure of a kind that neither God nor people smile on. But confident of God's love and resting in His power, I can embrace big ideas, grand visions, difficult projects, because I know success or failure does not define my relationship with God. What Jesus did for me when I had nothing to offer God, that defines me as okay. So hats off to Todd Bolsinger when he says, failure is a necessary part of learning and therefore a necessary part of leading. (laughs) I say amen to that. So I'm going to come back to the questions I'm asking myself. What effort grand or small, am I shying away from for fear that it may not work? Or what big idea am I unwilling to try because it may go up in flames? Or what bold assertion am I refusing to put forth for fear that I may be proved wrong? You see, I need to innovate and learn from my mistakes. I need to experiment and get better through that experimentation. I need to humble myself and learn from people who've succeeded where I have failed. Because as Bolsinger points out, failure is a necessary part of learning and therefore a necessary part of leading. And because I have a God who loved me in my failure and from whom nothing can separate me, then all the more, I need to go big, to honor him, and to serve others. And that's my thought on my walk with Todd Bolsinger and his very helpful book, Canoeing the Mountains. Now, my question for you is, what will you do with that thought on your walk through life today? Hey, thanks for taking the time to join me for this edition of On My Walk If you would, take a moment and head over to onmywalk.com. You'll see a number of ways that you can subscribe to the podcast. If you could pass that on to some friends, I'd appreciate it immensely. Also, there's an opportunity for you to sign up so that we can let you know of the latest podcasts as well as book reviews as they become available. Thanks for taking the time to join us. Appreciate it greatly. 